you doing in oh, a car? On. Oh, there you are. <laughs> because because it's quiet. How do I figure this out? Uh, oh, the mic. It's it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> just for show. That... Yeah. I don't, cool. I'm just gonna hold it like an old person. So don't don't mind me. <laughs> Well, fortunately, this is a podcast, and I don't have to look at you as you hold it close to your face. From the boomer (laughs) angle. From the boomer (laughs) angle. I'm Emily. And I'm Erin. And this is All the Small Things. I live in Paris. And I live in a small town in Illinois. It may sound like we have nothing in common. But it's the small things, like folding our underwear or not, that we can all relate to. Do you fold your underwear? Absolutely not. Every episode, we share stories about one small thing. And we invite a special guest, someone who makes, does, or creates things, to talk with us. For our first episode, we're sharing stories about something we do every week, or some of us do every day. Grocery shopping. And Akeem Roberts, our good friend, but more importantly, an illustrator, animator, and New Yorker cartoonist, joins us to talk about creativity, his career experience, and grocery store trauma. Emily, I have a problem. I feel like I'm constantly going to the grocery store. I feel like I live at the grocery store. No matter how much I go, I always forget something, and I have to go back. Am I alone in this? How often do you go to the grocery store? Oh, you are not alone. Living in a big city, and on top of that, in in an apartment on the sixth floor without an elevator, I have to regularly go to the grocery store. Because I forget things like you, but also because I can't carry much else. I also feel like in 2020, with social distancing and everything, the main reason I even went outside was to go to the grocery store. So it's kind of become a a special moment that I cherish now. Absolutely. Here with COVID, since the bars and restaurants have closed, the grocery store is the main place where the people do their catching up here in the small town. Uh, Every trip that you go to is a prime opportunity for some good people watching. Here, the lockdowns have been pretty strict. I've heard of people in Paris using grocery stores as a dating spot. So I'm constantly on the lookout for first dates next to the cheese. What? That's crazy. I guess that's the best way to start any date with some dairy. (laughs) Well, I think it's time to welcome our guest, Akeem. Hey, Akeem. Thank you for joining us on our first podcast, our little creative baby that we have been gestating for probably over a year or two Too now. Long. Too long. <laughs> um, and we thought you'd be a great person to talk to, um, to kind of compare experiences, obviously, about what we've all been going through these last few months. Um, and also yourself and how, how the year has been for you. So to, you know, put, get all of our listeners, AKA my mom and maybe Aaron's dad on the same page. Um, we wanted to start off with, could you share with potential listeners how we know each other in all transparency? Um, we are friends from college, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> from good old university of South Carolina. <laughs> Exactly. Good, good times. I remember you and your like notebook that you brought everywhere and that you would drive us around to parties. Good times. Good times. Yeah. It was so, so simple. So simple during those so, 
mean, it was a period where you could pretend to be gossip girl and relay group gossip via text message. But, life was but, <laughs> just calling them out. I got a little out of control near the end, but it was all started in good fun until the real gossip started getting out. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a message to all of our friends in college. Akeem is sorry. Akeem is sorry. <laughs> PSA. You know, power comes great responsibility. It turns out it really is true. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case that wasn't clear, um, we're teasing Akeem because he decided to become the gossip girl of Columbia, South Carolina and send out group blasts. I, I just send what people gave me. To be <laughs> when I first started it, it was just like small little things to one person, but then everyone wanted to be part of Gossip Girl. And then, you know you what? That's when you got the blast. And, yeah. you know. Think Things went uphill or, or downhill, depending it, it on escalated quickly. <laughs> <that point>. Yes. <laughs> so right. I guess so. Now you're living in New York City after college. You moved up there. Do you feel at this point you're more of a Dan or a Chuck <laughs> or a Nate? Um, like I feel like I'm still very Dan without the whole horrible, pretentious, bad side of him you know i'm still the friendly lovable guy you know not not judgy not not too bushwick but <laughs> where are you guys still where are you still in brooklyn where are you living in new york right now uh we're still in brooklyn we're in kensington which is like a little bit below park slope how long have you lived in new york again since 2014 since i had my uh, internship and stayed. Wow, six years, that's a long time actually. Yeah, I, d I did not plan to move to New York even though I was obsessed with Gossip Girl. It was just, it just happened to work out. And I know like six years, a lot can happen. I know you've changed your job a couple times, but now if I remember correctly, you're an animator at Holler and I know yeah. you're making some cartoons for the New Yorker. What, what else are you working on? Uh, I am also working on a book series with uh, an imprint from Random House Publishing. Uh, it's yeah. a, a three book chapter series. And I think hopefully, fingers crossed, all of them come out next year. So like by next fall, they should all be out. But I wow. have been illustrating the first book and it should be out sometime in February. That's awesome. Wait, are you working with someone for the text or is it 100% your project? Uh, uh, JD, John Dilliard is actually, he's writing the books and it's like based on his life and, and I'm just like illustrating for it. That's awesome. Cool. Well, that's impressive. I can imagine that's a, a lot of different projects to juggle at the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I guess you have more time with social distancing and all. Um, yeah, we as we were kind of preparing, we had, we ha realized that we had a question we wanted to make sure we were considerate of in terms of terminology and how you like to be referenced. So we were wondering, do you prefer to be called a cartoonist or an illustrator or something else? And is there a difference? 
I there's there is a difference, I guess. Like, okay, the illustrator I feel like is like the business oriented and they like feel less childlike, even though like they are pretty much the same thing. Because mm-hmm. it's because it's weird because I thought of myself as more of like an illustrator rather than a cartoonist. But now that I'm doing New Yorkers, everyone who like really does New Yorkers considers themselves more of a cartoonist. And like all of the comics that we do, they really like refer to them as like tunes, which I wasn't used to at first. So I was like, okay, so like, am I a cartoonist or am I illustrator? Like, I guess like illustrator is just like more like a grab bag way of saying that I draw for a living. Yeah. I feel like Illustrator just, I guess it sounds more adult, but cartoonist is like, oh, so you're drawing those Calvin and Hobbes strips? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I, I mean, yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> I do other things too. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, well, we'll probably, we'll refer to you as an illustrator for now to encompass the fact that you work on a lot of different types of projects. Cause I know you, yeah, you do, you animate and do things like that. Um, Okay, good to know the difference between those two. And when you first started out, at least from what I remember, a lot of what you were doing was was kind of pen and paper, but lately it seems more digital. Do you have a preferred medium for your work? How do you normally draw? I normally draw, and it's changed over the past year, but I used to just draw completely on my computer on the Cintiq with Photoshop, but now I've started using Procreate on my iPad, and mm. it feels more like pen and paper like I'm just drawing directly on the screen but I still transition my like line art basically to Photoshop just to color it because I just feel more comfortable coloring comics that way okay technical I can only draw a tree but that sounds very interesting and and the quality product that you come out with at the end is is just so impressive um also for for our potential listeners um, uh, who might not be aware. All right, your... let's let's be positive here <laughs> for am... our listeners. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. I was trying to be realistic. Like, nope, none of that. We can't okay. do that. <laughs> all right, for our listeners, um, a lot of your drawings are signed with a little AT at the bottom, which your name's actually Akeem Roberts. So some folks might be like, what the heck is that? Who is that person? But I know that stands for Akeem team. Can you remind me how that nickname got started and how that became your your moniker, your identifier as an illustrator? Uh, yes, I guess this goes way back to like AIM, if anyone remembers that. <laughs> <laughs> AOL Instant Messenger. Uh, basically, it's like a mix of like, I needed a username for my AIM account. And I really love Sonic. I'm like a huge Sonic fan. If you go on my Twitter, I do a bunch of just Sonic fan art for no reason, just what I do. Um, but every single one of the Sonic games like has Sonic Team come up. And that's like the company that makes the game. So I was like, oh, what if I was a team team? And then I made a logo that was like pretty much the Sonic Team logo, except it was red. And <laughs> it was just, really really bad but eventually like I just kept it as a keem team and then throughout middle school all the kids were like what's the keem team is it a gang can we join and I was like yeah and then there was a while that I had like 50 people in a keem team but we didn't actually ever do anything it was just the name and then I just kept using it forever and now it's I guess like my pin name in a sense but it's still like my real name I don't know <laughs> 
it's evolved with you. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. I'm really branded because I had that username for like so long. Ever since we've known you, all of our hanging outs and ongoings have pretty much involved you with your drawing pad, as we said before. Um, but we kind of were wondering how you transformed that hobby and creative side into a career for yourself. Uh, well, I, I guess in a sense I got lucky because like the internship that I moved to New York for, or like not moved for, but like was there for the summer and didn't really pan out. Um, so I was just like up in New York working at Starbucks, drawing on the side, just like doing comics on my Instagram, no one looking at them, <laughs> but still just like constantly making them still just be like, ah, this is what I do. Um, and then one of my other friends actually moved up to New York, uh, T. Um, he moved up here and he basically like got a job at this like photography place where he was like editing photos and stuff. And he was like, there's an animation studio here. You should apply. And I, so we could like work in the same building. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll do it. You know what? I got to lose. So I applied. I got an internship there. And eventually that got a job there. So yeah, from there, basically, I just like, I guess, got more experience doing those kind of like uh, infocommercial jobs. And there we go. Emily and I were wondering too, um, you know, we know that you're an illustrator and we know that you make amazing art because we can see it every day on your Instagram and website and the things that you create. But what does your day actually look like as an illustrator? You know, instead of, you know, going up, getting up, going into an office, is it something like that? Or what does an illustrator do in the day? Um, for my day job with Holler, that would normally be me going into an office but now it's just we go on slack and we have group meetings on hangout and we like talk about the stickers we're going to make and what needs to be made and then from there just like make the stickers and upload them to uh the server but if it comes to like my comics and stuff uh that basically is just like me writing jokes and my notepad for on my iPhone, which they're never good. They're never cohesive. <laughs> and then I just like start sketching it out. And even then I'm still just rewriting the joke the whole way through. And then eventually I like have Olivia look at it and see if she like kind of doesn't laugh or fake people laugh <laughs> for me. And then if it's like too fake, I'm like, oh, so you didn't like it. So, <laughs> and so I like try and rework it again. It's Yeah. There's a lot of emailing also, just a lot of writing that I didn't think was a part of the job, but apparently it's like really, really, it's really a part of the job. <laughs> I have to like write and send emails all the time. That's always a bummer, but you know, I guess that's the world that we live in today too, is constant emailing. Um, for, our, for our listeners, who is Olivia? Oh, Olivia is my fiance. Ooh. And can you tell us a little bit more about what was going on in your lives this year? Well, this year we were supposed to get married, um, but that did not happen because of the pandemic. Actually, we like 
rescheduled our wedding in like April and everyone was like, that's crazy. The pandemic is going to be over by then. And you guys are going to just feel like an idiot. And we're because like, you yeah. were supposed to get married in August, right? Uh, we were or supposed to get married in September, yeah. Okay. Like, it felt like, yes, it could get better, but we just did not feel that people were up to the task. And we did, we don't want to be right, but we were right. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's rescheduled again, but we're still kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, I bet that was stressful. Just my fingers are crossed. Considering, yes, we're we're hoping we're hoping things get get back. What else have you guys been doing um, during the pandemic? I guess what is keeping you sane during this time? Um, Well, for me, I have I have a bunch of freelance stuff, so (laughs) I've been doing just like a bunch of like comics and working on that book. You have a lot of projects going on. So clearly you're drawing a large portion of the day. Actually, could you, if you had to say or count how many hours a day you spend drawing? At least eight. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So like a full work day of drawing. And then do yeah. you, when you talk, think about your hobbies now, do you have other things that are your hobbies or is drawing still a really important part of your free time? Drawing is still like important part of my free time but like I do like play video games and stuff like that but like not as often and um I guess tv as always Mm -hmm. but if I do draw I try to keep it something that like is very mindless because like even my comics for Instagram like I love doing it it's very fun but it does sometimes feel like a job because I Mm -hmm. like made a deadline for myself which was like every Thursday try to have a new comic so like every Wednesday I'm like I don't have a joke I have to write everything (laughs) and I'm like does this make you laugh or it's very stressful but I guess like my hobby for drawing is that I draw fan art of Sonic which I love Sonic and there's no (laughs) to it because like I'm not getting paid for it and it's like no one's like oh that's your character I'm like no it's just Fan art, I love it. It keeps me going when I'm bummed drawing. Fan art and like fan writing as a concept is just so interesting because I mean, there's a lot of studies done on how that allows consumers of content to like feel a part of the like a community and contribute. So it's really interesting to see like how for an illustrator that's quite established, how fan art is still important to you. Yeah. Love it. I saw the Sonic movie this year. Last movie I saw in theaters, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful movie like I was scared Keem is not being paid to hype this movie either <laughs> just putting it out there this is not an advertisement <laughs> no like, the Sonic movie was was way better than I thought it was going to be and I was shocked I was like oh my god they did it they made a movie and I loved it <laughs> speaking of fan art and then kind of how you give yourself rest I, I imagine that pressure you face to be creative to be funny is intense and and we were when Aaron and I were talking about your work you've seen the last few years it brought to mind a series that you did for a while on Instagram called art block I think that oh, was yeah, playing yeah. a lot yeah with uh the pressure and difficulties of coming up with creative ideas so what um we were wondering how do you kind of channel your creativity right now um 
what inspires you and, and what do you go look to, to, to feel creative? Um, at least with like my comics and stuff, I go just from like personal experience, like the comic this week I did, which was like, uh, there's a phone buzzing in the apartment and like Olivia looks up and says, hello, that like literally happened the day before I wrote that, before I had made that comic. Like, I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do this to this week. And then like, we heard a buzzing and we were like, is that your phone? And then we just like, the neighbor answered and I'm just like dang they hear everything <laughs> oh my when I saw that just brief personal anecdote I really resonated with my experience because living um in a city you know you're on top of each other and like a can of sardines and here a lot of the buildings are so old so there's pretty much no um no cushion in between to absorb sound and I've had neighbors that told us we peed too loud wow yeah <laughs> Yeah. So when you when I saw that, I'm like, yes, okay, you feel me. <laughs> they can probably I mean, hear you peeing. You said singing in the shower. I bet they can hear you when you pee. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And there's like, there's times like with my neighbor upstairs where they like, they throw up a lot. I don't know why, <laughs> oh, but no. they do. I know that like other people are like, oh, if I hear my neighbors, like it sucks. But like, I don't hate it. It makes me feel like, makes me feel like I'm a part of something. <laughs> a part of like, them throwing up <laughs> but maybe that's just like the gossip girl in me that just like loves drama and I'm just like oh I can hear what they're doing like that's like a little insight into their lives I'm just like ooh, oh yeah. I feel connected to you <laughs> I bet too during COVID times when you can't really see a lot of people you still have that connection with your neighbors so <laughs> if anything happens in the hallway I am always curious I am that neighbor that's like what <laughs> what's going on and now your neighbors, they don't even know how much inspiration they bring you. So do you feel like you still suffer from art block or have you kind of created a system to, to manage that? I feel like I've now made it a system that I manage it. Like I've just like, I feel like when I was like dealing with art block at first, it was very like still in my early days of doing the comic where I was just like, yeah the comics were like funny then they were like related to my life but they weren't like super related I just like kept it very like broad and I was like what's something that everyone can relate to which now I'm more of like what's something that's like actually happened or like something that like that's happened that I can like uh embellish a little bit to make it like funny and I feel like if I like pull from like my real life experiences it's a little less like daunting of an art blog and I mean your your social media I don't want to call it a tactic but expression is is working for you I mean the numbers are are growing look at you in that 11,000 followers oh, <laughs> I know it's stressful it's stressful <laughs> what how is it stressful I feel like okay I like at first I just just like a year ago I only had like 3,000 followers and that was just like, I was vibing. Cause I was like, it's cool. Like I got a good number. No one's really watching. But now that I have like all of these followers, I'm like, oh, what else, will I lose them? <laughs> then like, what if they don't find it funny? But then that's when I like try and like let that go and just be like, make it for you, make it for like what you would want to see and like focus just on that rather than like 
focusing on the numbers. There are times that I slip up and I do focus on the numbers, but I try not to. Mm. Is your Instagram and your comics on Instagram an important part of, of your career now as an illustrator? I'm just curious how for you that's playing a role into you know, connecting with fans or getting new projects. You also think, showcase, sorry, um, you also showcase a lot of work from other illustrators. So yeah, I want to know a little more about how you see social media impacting you and your career. I think I never ask how people find me when they ask for jobs, which I definitely probably should. Um, but the main thing that I also use my Instagram comics for is like getting better at art for myself. Um, for instance, there was like maybe two years ago, I like applied for this like comic job and the guy was like, oh, your character designs are amazing. You like really understand like the depth of your characters, but you like don't have any background. And then from that moment on, I was like, all right, now I got to draw backgrounds and like try to make sure the characters feel like they're in that background. So like I try to like establish more shots in my comics instead of just like keeping the like floating white space. I try to be like, oh, they're actually in this one location or something like that. But basically it's super easy because it's just my apartment that I'm just drawing in different angles. <laughs> Technically, my comic could have worked in a pandemic because we never leave. So. <laughs> nice. And you have your two cats to, I think you, it looks like you've got them down pretty good as models. Yes. Yeah, that, that was also another thing where it's like, before I met Olivia, I literally could not draw cats. They looked horrible. And then I like put them in the comic and I was like, I'm going to learn how to draw cats. <laughs> so yeah, if you suck at something, just force yourself to keep doing it. That's the message, kids. Practice makes perfect, even when you're a professional illustrator. Well, I think that is the perfect message to end on and transition to our final section, grocery shopping. So, Akeem, do you have any stories or memorable experiences from the grocery store? There was a, a guy who basically like came into a grocery store in Brooklyn the other day. He had like a bandana but like basically he would take it down to like oh. sniff every vegetable and then like put it back to be like oh yeah this, this is the one i want this one's fresh yada yada That's so gross like, that is not first of all just don't do that fly. anyway yeah <laughs> so, uh, yeah it's frustrating me and me and olivia have definitely still been just like wiping all of our grocery sounds because every time we feel like a little comfortable not to do it there's like some old guy coughing without a mask <laughs> there's like some lady just like touching everything yeah. and that guy is smelling everything and we're just like all right so like we're never not going to wipe down our groceries when we get back besides that there's no like life-changing moment mm -hmm. I wish there was I'm, I'm gonna wait I'm gonna look for it <laughs> I'm gonna find next time if there's ever that question again I'm just gonna be like oh yeah there was this lady who needed help cream cheese and whatnot and you know I helped her out and she was very thankful and you know that I saved me. family. <laughs> we well, hope yeah, that that happens for you, Akeem. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I what happened with the cream cheese lady, Emily? You... Uh, it wasn't cream cheese, but I helped a woman find chocolate. She couldn't find the chocolate bar she wanted and she walked away. And I was like, hmm, I like this puzzle. So I kept looking and I found it and I found her in the grocery store and she was so thankful. A day's the, work, all in a day. The, the chocolate savior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I think if you're open to the experience, you know, something's going to happen in a grocery store. We all have to go there. Absolutely. It's a place where we all mingle. You know, I think you just have to be open to it, Akeem, and, and it'll come to you. But Erin had a, had a good question because, um, you know, we go so often. I have the impression I am constantly buying the same things. Do you Absolutely. have anything on your groceries list pretty much every time you go? What do you feel Beans. like you're buying the most often? <laughs> Beans? Beans. Beans. <laughs> as, a, as a vegetarian, beans are very important protein. So beans how does, for sure. How does that affect your love life? I mean, you're just pretty small apartment. <laughs> Look, they don't. They, that doesn't happen as often as you think. Beans, beans are good. Okay, beans are good. <laughs> I guess if you guys are on the same bean level, then it's fine. You know, blend, create one bean <laughs> environment. I need a little more precision on the beans, though. Are, are we talking like black beans, pinto beans, white beans? What kind of beans? It depends, but mostly it's like black beans. It's just good to make like a good tortilla. Mm. Just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel you. Absolutely. Erin, do you have any other questions for yes. our first guest? I do not. I am just so happy to talk to you, Akeem. And I have a feeling that this is going to be how a lot of our podcasts are going to be, sadly, where I wish now I want to talk to you like every week about the things going on in your life. I'm available. This was fun. I think we'll do it again soon. Follow us on Instagram at All the Small Things Podcast to know when our next episode comes out. And if you want to check out Akeem's work, you can follow him on Instagram, Twitter, or visit his website, all at Akeem Team. And be sure to keep a lookout for his cartoons in The New Yorker, signed A.T. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.